Hi, welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. This is Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today we're going to talk about Shifra and Pua. They're the two midwives mentioned in Exodus 1. I'll, I'll read through that. The whole no, chapter? No, I'll just, well, the whole chapter is 22 verses, but yeah. I'll, I'll just read that little bit. Well, wait, I wanted to say why we're even doing okay. this. Run with it. Because we talked about doing our favorite characters in the Bible, but then I thought, no, we should do the minor characters who are named, or at least every once in a while, because uh, they're really important. And we can learn a lot from people who are, you know, not the celebrities of the Bible, but the little ones, because they're just as important. Anyway, Shannon. So it's an interesting thing to, to study the minor characters of the Bible. Yeah. Um, the ones that wouldn't made it into, you know, most of the highlights of the Bible. And But one of the things I think we have to remember is if someone is mentioned by name in the Bible, there is a reason for it, and they are a significant person. Mm-hmm. Especially they, these are women, and they're mentioned. right, and they are significant. They are significant because of that, and they're significant in Jewish tradition, and they're significant in the in the Old Testament. So, all right, I'm going to I'm going to read um, Exodus one, and I'm going to start in verse eleven. I'll read eleven through twenty two. Okay. So they put the slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose name were Shifra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during the childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then the Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Thank you. Very good reading. Hmm. I, uh... (laughs) Sorry. Um, A couple things stick out to me first. Okay. Is that, okay, first, like you mentioned, they're named by name. We Mm -hmm. know these two, two midwives, and... Even, like I mentioned before we even started, we don't even know the name of Noah's wife. And Noah's a big character. I mean, he's... Well, there's a lot of women that are mentioned, but all the women that are mentioned in the Bible by name, the the heroines of the Old Testament, the majority of them end up in a genealogy somewhere. True. Esther, Rahab, they'll end up showing... Esther. Esther, But but Esther comes from a line, yeah. Right, right. But they, they have long stories. And, oh, they, right. and they have a genealogy that mm-hmm. puts them in a place at a time that's important. We don't hear about uh, these Shifra these two names again. This is right. it. This is the one and only time they show up. But, but they are mentioned by name. Yes. I think first, one of the big things, after noticing that they're named and they have a job, is that Pharaoh talked to them personally. 
Now, Pharaoh was the head of Egypt and also the sun god. They all looked at him like he was a god of sorts. I mean, they wouldn't cross him. No one else would cross Pharaoh. And Egypt was a mighty nation. But they, he talked to these two ladies who were just midwives. And, I, and also, I do like, okay, it says they feared God, but they were very respectful of Pharaoh. I mean, they never... It doesn't look like they were snotty to him or talked back to him. Well, after they couldn't have. They would have been slaves. If they were Hebrews, they would have been slaves themselves. True. But, but yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting that, you know, it talks about the overseers taking care of all the slaves and, and pushing them and doing all those things. But they must have been called before Pharaoh for him to specifically say this to them. Yeah. It's interesting to me, too. And this is just a game of numbers, and I don't have any any factual basis behind this, but... Two midwives sounds like a little light for the number of slaves they yeah, have. Yeah, they, they but must these have, two were called out by name, which is maybe they're the head midwives. Well, there must have been some specific reason for that. Yeah, I wanted to mention something now. This is kind of it's not off topic, but mm-hmm. I, let me find it. If I I read somewhere that oh, the Egyptians saw birth as supernatural. So, like like gods were involved, or like spirits. Like they would, uh, when they did, had midwives themselves or gave birth, they thought it was like, you know, uh, beyond humans. So, I mean, they, and it is a spiritual thing, but we look at it different than that. But so the midwives were respected by them. So they kind of th- saw them as probably magical almost. You know, mm-hmm. they had magicians and, sure. and all that. So that was part of the reason why they were, I guess, respected and maybe... Maybe that's why Pharaoh talked to him. So, I mean, he seemed respectful toward them. Uh, I don't know. They, they, they do have an interesting story, though. Whatever, whatever their background was, and we, all of our, that all we can do is speculate because mm-hmm. we don't know anything else about them. But well, we do know their they, story itself is interesting. I, they, we do know that God, they feared God, so God honored them. Yeah, well, and, yeah, it does say that. But, I mean, as far as their background and all those things that are unwritten, mm-hmm. that would be pure speculation. Right. And and while that's great to do, it, we do have things that were written about them. I, I want to say the things I've learned about them, learned from them, okay. that, that I can... Okay, when a person gets their name mentioned in the Bible, it is significant, and we've already mentioned that. And they're doing their job well, obviously, and God notices this. And it doesn't matter how powerful a person is, like Pharaoh, who ran the whole world. That person might be wrong. And if they're wrong, we don't follow them. Hmm. Does that, I mean, that could mm-hmm. even apply today, you know? Well, yeah, it definitely can. I, some of the things that are going on, if if uh, if it's contrary to God's word, then it's something we shouldn't go along with. And they do your job well. I just thought of a, a scripture. It's in Proverbs where it says, um, I don't know if I'll be able to find it. Probably not because I don't know where it's at right now. But I do know it's in Proverbs. And it talks about if a person does their job well, they will stand before kings and not for, before know-nothings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what do you want to say about these People, there's got to be something that you can tell us. Well, there's that you think about. There's interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff, and in, in looking into these things, there's a lot of interesting perspectives and and uh, Jewish traditions about who they were, things like that. Uh, 
there were some that were thinking that maybe it was Moses' mother and his sister, or his mother and his mother's daughter-in-law, which would be his aunt, um, or... I don't know where they get that, though. I, I guess it's just tradition. It's tradition. It's Jewish tradition, strictly where it's coming from. But the interesting thing is, it is in all likelihood that they were some sort of mother-daughter combination. Yeah. Because the names, Shifra means the beautiful one, mm-hmm. and Pua means girl. Oh, so maybe it's a beautiful one and her girl. Yeah. So maybe these were these these they obviously maybe they were related. So there was yeah. that kind of family. Or it could connection. be Shifra was the main one and Pua was her assistant apprentice. Sure, some sort of connection between yeah. the two of them. So they're not just two random midwives. They were they were a team a of team. some sort. Yeah. yeah. I I read that when I was looking through this, I went to this place, thejewishwoman.org, dot org, mm-hmm. the untold story of Hebrew midwives and the Exodus. And uh, it was interesting, the woman, Nachama Rubinstein, mm-hmm. the role of my midwife was to get me through. She had a midwife to help her birth her mm-hmm. child, I guess. But she has a quote, and I thought this was according to a Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi. I know I tortured that. But anyway, this is what he says. Uh, One who does not internalize the Torah, the word of God, even if he is knowledgeable in the information, will not produce in his soul true fear and love, but only vain fancies. Hmm. Interesting statement. I thought that was really good. Right. And you can she, be knowledgeable, but it doesn't mean that you are that you are truly believing them. Yeah, you. We know that's true. Yeah, and then she also said that, and this was her. She said the womb that had been Egypt was now a place of confinement. And I guess if you think about that, they came into abundance. I know it's stretching mm-hmm. it a little bit, but then it said it was the midwives who corrected this disconnection and brought the redemption into the world. So they kind of, uh, a few different commentators I read was that they saw this like a transition because mm-hmm. it said that the Israelites were multiplying and mm-hmm. one place said they were multiplying like animals or insects that they had no, they were multiplying too fast. That was the that was the fear, you know. It, obviously, going into our Old Testament, we can see where Joseph went in as a slave initially, but then became an overseer himself, became mm-hmm. became an important person. But then, as the generations went on, and that Pharaoh died, and you know things came along, um, they ended up enslaving all the all the Hebrews. But when they did that, um, you know, they they came in. There was thirteen in their families. But they, you know, right, right, right. But when they did that, yeah, they multiplied so fast that they scared them. And all throughout uh, human tradition, um, situations like that happen. The slaves usually outnumber the masters. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, a slaves. Well, you need a lot of slaves to do your work, right? So, so the ruling class is always going to be smaller than the slave class. But this slave class was getting so big that they didn't think they could control them. Right. So they were afraid, and it, they weren't just afraid of the ones they had, but they were afraid of them increasing in size even more. A baby was not a threat until he was a man. But they're thinking, you know, mathematically, exponentially, if they're growing this fast, in a, you know, in 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. we won't be able to control them. So we need to squeeze them down now. You know, something else. Well, first I was going to say, why did they say to kill the, the boys and not the girls? 
I don't know. That's an girls, interesting concept. Do you think it would go the other way? Because the girls are the ones having the babies. Right. So that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, when China had their one-child policy, they, they were trying to limit population explosion, and what they what they ended up doing was having more men than women. And well, because they can only keep one things. child, right. and but, they but it unbalanced things. But you would think that. In a culture and a society in a time when a man could have multiple wives, one man, bunch of girls could still have yeah. one male, bunch of females could still have a bunch of babies. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, it's an interesting concept, but um, I think the, that first point you brought up, I think that's that's one of the things that really comes out of here is that, that we have to fear God more than men. Mm-hmm. And if they were slaves. And they were called before Pharaoh. That would have been an absolutely terrifying thing just to walk into his presence. Sure. He had the power of life and death over you mm-hmm. on a whim. And right. not only did they come before him once, but they came before him twice. Right. Once when he told them what to do and second time when he said, why didn't you do what I told you to do? And then they had an answer for him. And they had an answer, but still. Yeah, I don't think The fear must was. have, I mean, yeah. that's a fearful thing. But they feared God more mm-hmm. than they feared Pharaoh. And that, that's a lesson for us. And this I found interesting. So they said that, and the midwife said to Pharaoh, you know, he's asking why they hadn't done it. And he said, well, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. They are vigorous, and they give birth before the midwife can get to them. I think they made that answer up between themselves. Because, oh, I'm sure. You know. But I'm then, sure. okay, and then it says, so God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very mighty. And it came about because the midwives feared God that he established households for them. And then the next commandment the Pharaoh had was not to the midwives. It was to all his, his people. people. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who was born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. So he just said, okay. Well, and that's, that's kind of the interesting, one of the interesting parts in this story. Um, these two midwives uh, feared God, so they didn't go along with what Pharaoh was saying. And they valued life. Mm-hmm. I think that's another lesson right there. Yeah. You know, this is like he's he's asking for abortions of males, basically. Right. And they said no in their own way. Um, so they were blessed with their own families. So apparently they did not have them before this. That was interesting because everything I read about midwives, uh, that usually they're older ladies who've already birthed them or already had children, so they've mm-hmm. been through it themselves. So, so these, these two must not have had families up to this point. Yeah, that was interesting. So they me. were blessed in that, but, you know, you could almost, you could look at this, if you wanted to, you could look at this from a sign of futility too because oh, they didn't slaves. do it. No, oh. they didn't get rid of the babies, but then all male children were going to be thrown into the Nile to the alligator, crocodiles anyway. Crocodiles, alligators in the U.S., crocodiles are... In are, the Nile? are in the Nile. We okay. learned that on Crap Brothers the other yes, day. Yes, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, yeah, it is Crap. It Brothers. was Crap Brothers. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> one of the silly shows, um, but no, it's a good show. But it is part cartoon. Yes, but I learn a lot. Okay, PBS. But okay. <laughs> the uh, the was it a was it a blessing? Did it gain anything in the end for them for the for the the Hebrew slaves did it gain? Did they gain by this? I yeah. think they probably did in some ways. 
I think the one way that they did is by fearing God and, and serving God and being that example mm-hmm. to the rest of them that, you know, yes, I stood in front of Pharaoh. And yes, he told me to do something that I'm not going to do. And they stood up to him. I think that as an example was there. But, you know, Pharaoh had just the same ability to, to kill him off after they were born. This was just an easy way of doing it. Right. But I think it also, it just, since it was, they share it with us, or God made sure this was in the Bible and we heard this story, mm-hmm. is that even if our efforts do feel futile, mm-hmm. they're not. Because God does use them in some way. And another place, uh, they call these midwives the first heroes of the Exodus. Hmm. I don't know if that's from women in antiquity. I don't know if all Jewish people call them the first heroes of the Exodus, but some call them that. And that makes sense. I mean, they are in Exodus in the book, but also this is the beginning of... The story of Moses coming to being. Well, and they probably would have been in that that uh, generation. Yeah, they probably left. They would have been in that the, in the well. The then again, see, the, well, but close well, to it, if close not, to that, it. They're yeah. they're they're kids at least, right? Right. Um, so uh, Christianity Today has a has a third point that they brought up that is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. It says that God sees our every thoughts and actions. So they didn't o- obey the king's evil commands. But they did what pleased God, and it wasn't just the actions that matter. But God knows; God knew that they feared Him. Mm. Their actions were inaction. True. But God knew why there was inaction. Mm-hmm. So God understood the the motivation that they had was because of their fear of God, and the fact that they knew that this wasn't the right thing to do, and they and they followed through on it. So, and they throw in a quote here. Or, uh, scripture, Psalm one thirty nine one through four. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know knew, know it altogether. And God sees every little detail, all these things that were going on, and He had a plan all the way along. He had mm-hmm. Moses coming all the way along. He knew these things were going to happen, and we know the story about Moses. Moses mm-hmm. was supposed to be thrown in the river. Right. It's the and next he was. chapter. Right. He was. But protected. But and he was thrown in the river in a different way. But, yeah, it, it's uh, it, there's a lot to this story in the small amount that is there. There's a lot of depth here. I, I think it also, well, as you were talking, another thought came to my mind about, oh, the early Christians where some of them were, were thrown to the lions or, you know, um, sawed in half Hebrews 11 talks about the different things tortured Mm -hmm. and some of them maybe they were a Christian for just a little while and then they were tortured and they themselves might have thought what was the point you know Mm -hmm. and and I I think but there was a point I mean everyone all these testimonies still speak to us thousands of years later but we don't know who was watching during this time um in in Pharaoh's household Mm-hmm. Other Egyptians, I mean, God's story keeps going forward, and maybe we don't see the benefit, or we don't see, you know, the fruit of what we do. But that doesn't well, yeah, mean that this, fruit's going to still This may have been a happen. situation where, um, you know, in in all the different readings, if you read on this and all the Jewish teachings and stuff, there are so many competing and different 
stories and traditions about these two women. Some said they were Egyptians and not not Hebrew, and some said well, it was Moses' mom and his sister, and all these other things. Uh, we don't. None of that is is spelled out in the Bible. That was all from other traditions and other opinions by by man, not in the Word. But you know, I, I always think too that yeah, there there there's a ripple effect that happens because of this, and mm-hmm. we don't see all the ripples. God saw, God knew what they were, okay, but God, there is a yeah. ripple effect that's going to happen from the action of these two women that does spread out, and we may not see what happened, but maybe maybe Moses's mother did take. Maybe she some got confidence from, from that. This. Yes, yes, some courage. And and Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So faith is what pleases God. So if nothing else, and there's always more than we realize, but if nothing else, when we have faith, we are pleasing our heavenly Father, and that is enough. Well, and that's that's always a challenge in the Christian life, and this goes to application of these things into our own lives, I think. There's always a challenge in, in our Christian lives um, where people feel like maybe I'm not important enough to do anything, I'm not big enough to do anything, I am not um, well-spoken, well-educated, fill in the blank. There's so many There's reasons that people something. can think yeah. that they are not worthy of uh, the ministry of God. But I think in just the opposite way, if we look at this, the true ministry of God is just uh, fearing God and, and living a faithful life, and that's mm-hmm. what these women were doing. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, shout out to one of our Monday night Bible study girls. She said, um, ministry is just God overflowing outside of you. If your life is so full of God, your ministry is just what flows out, what overflows it flows out of you. Yeah. What overflows. Yeah. 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 My Back cup up. runneth yep. over. Yes. Mm-hmm. God bless. Um, when I see these things and I and I and I look at these examples, that's what I see as them. I see them as I see them as an example of faith. Mm-hmm. And there's a long list of people that whose names were not written down. Right. In our lives, there's a long list of people in our lives that were examples to us that we may not have ever told. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, I even may, know their name. Yep. You know? They may not, and they probably never knew the impact that they had. There mm-hmm. are those that we know that have strong impact, and they know they have strong impact on us. But there are other people that might just touch, just like these two women, just show up in a couple of verses. Mm-hmm. They may just intersect with your life for just a short period of time, but they have a profound effect on you because of their faith. And, you know, that the fact that they they feared God more than death, because that's... Right. I'm sure the outcome of saying no. Mm-hmm. You don't say no to Pharaoh. Right. They feared God more than death, and they they valued others' lives over their own. Mm-hmm. Because Pharaoh could have said, don't tell me about how vigorous the Hebrew women are, you're dead. Mm-hmm. But they still valued those babies' lives more than their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I look at... At our own lives, and our own society, and our own in our own uh, time and space where we are right now, valuing others more than yourself, and and obeying God and not man, I think are two very very important lessons to us. But I think there's a there's such a there's a line walking there too. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. We really have to seek God to know the right line to walk. Yes. Because we can go too too far either direction. And another person that came to my mind, and we hardly know anything about him, uh, Hebrews 11, 5, and then you can read about him in um, Genesis 5, 21 through 24, but not much. By faith, Enoch was taken mm-hmm. up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. So this man didn't even die. God just was so pleased with him because he must mm-hmm. have had great faith that God just took him to heaven. And that's all we know about Enoch. But what Matt, I mean, he was pleasing to God. And um, I, I think as we're talking about this, I realized that so often in in, in my life, you know, I... It's been weird for everyone. Most everyone's home now these days because of the pandemic and whatnot. But when the life has been typical in the past, you go to work and the kids go, and then it's just me and Hawk at home. And 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 there's most days I don't see anyone else till you guys get home again, and that's fine and all. But every once in a while, when this has been going on for years, he'll be 21. I think, is this all I'm doing? You know, or or should I be doing something else? Or is there something else that uh, another ministry I should take up or or whatever? But really, this helps me realize that, you know, the main thing, we just need to please God. Just have faith and please God. And then, and it will, like Becca had said, it will just, ministry will just spill out of who we are. It will just overflow, like you said. And I think that is... The example that they set here is because they stayed true to what God wanted them to do. Yeah. Whatever else happened. Um, they knew as midwives they weren't supposed to kill babies. They were right. supposed to deliver them. But, I mean, their example is two, as we said, minor characters that just popped up here were put in there because of the great faith that they had and the fact that they feared God over men. And if we live our lives that way mm-hmm. and we are... Walking with God, with God in step with God, and we put everything through the God filter before we make a decision, which is what they did. I like that the God filter. If you yeah. put it through there and say, "Is this is this pleasing to God?" Mm-hmm. Um, boy, we would say a lot less. Yeah, we would think a lot less of some of the things we do. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. Less, our decisions would be would be tempered a lot more, and I think that's something that. Um, these women, again, would have been under under fear of death and still made the right decision. And we don't really have those decisions to make at this point in history. Right now, those of us in the United States really are not at the point where um, we're under enough persecution that would be death if we, right. if we disagree with someone and agreed with God. But if that time comes, are you ready to be Shifra? Right. Now is the time when we aren't under that kind of life and death. But now's decision. the time to think about it. In and now's case that the happens. time to think about it. Exactly. Now's the time to grow your roots deep. So when, if and when it does happen, wherever mm-hmm. you are, you'll be ready to continue to please God. You won't. You won't even falter. You'll just. I can't do that because that won't please God. Or this is where I stand because this is where God has called me to stand. And we can always do it in love. That's the other thing I did mention that, you know, they we can't hear an attitude. Of course, they wouldn't have an attitude with Pharaoh. But if it's someone that's um, not, we always can be kind to people, even if they're rotten to us or 
even if it's a person we violent, not violently, but really disagree with, we can be kind, no matter what their reaction to us is. And I think as, as, as believers, we always need to remember that we can be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so if in the coming months or years, or I mean, we just saw this year how fast life changes. Our whole world has changed. And maybe eventually we'll get back to being kind of like it was before the pandemic. But we don't know if it will. Maybe it'll right. completely change another way. Right. But through all that, if we decide that we're going to love people, love God and love people, be kind, speak, and just stay just speak, true to God. Speak truth. Yeah. Speak truth. That is that is primary. We have to be we have to be true to God, no matter what else happens. And if that stays the same, a lot of people like to use the term "new normal." Yeah. God hasn't changed. Right. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there is no new normal for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. We still walk the same line. Second uh, Timothy three twelve says, "Yea, and all that will live, all that will live godly in Jesus Christ, shall suffer persecution. Shall suffer persecution." Um, it's just one of those things. These these women were um, phenomenal for stepping out like they did, but they were uh, their fearlessness. Mm-hmm. They were fearless of man because they feared God more. They had a perspective that I think we can learn from. It's their perspective that's important. Yeah. And I think in this, in our modern day and age, there's all sorts of things going on. There's conspiracy theories flying all over the place. There's all sorts of the sky is falling things, whether it's from any side of any argument, there's all sorts of negative possibilities of things going on. But you know, God didn't change. No. And none of it surprises God. And that God. never stops. And so if something happens to you and it's a surprise to you, it wasn't a surprise to God. If something comes up to you and you say, boy, that's unexpected, wasn't unexpected by God. God's got this no matter what happens, no matter what changes in in our lives, in our society, in our world. God is still on the throne. He is still in charge. And if we keep that in front of us, mm-hmm. then nothing can beat us. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, we learned from Shifran Pua. We do. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, God bless. Bye.